Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, we can help you understand quantum computing. And what's so interesting about a quantum computer is that unlike a classical computer, what we're used to in our phones and laptops, quantum computers use a different kind of physics. It's the behavior of the very, very small, of the subatomic world. And by using a different kind of physics, that allows us to then run a different kind of math and then a different kind of algorithm on top of that and solve problems in an entirely different way to what we do with classical computers. I'm here in the studio with Michael Brett. He's chief executive officer of QBranch. QBranch is part of a rapidly developing industry, quantum computing, and is developing software tools for finance, insurance, and technology customers. We're going to talk with him about quantum computing today because it's a small but very big deal at the same time. And there is a growing sense among those in the know that this could be the next big thing in computing. So, Michael, thanks for joining us. It's great to be here, Jonathan. Thanks very much. Well, I always appreciate it when I have an entrepreneur and a domain expert join me in the show because a lot of technology conversations, people are very uninformed and they should be better informed. What is quantum computing? Well, quantum computing is an incredibly exciting new technology. And, and we're at this inflection point uh, where it's a technology that's been de being developed in universities and research labs all around the world for the past 30 years or so. Um, but just in the last couple of years, we've seen the technology transition out of those research labs and into uh, very intensive research and development efforts to actually create these new type of computers. And what's so interesting about a quantum computer is that unlike a classical computer, what we're used to in our phones and laptops, uh, quantum computers use a different kind of physics. It's the behavior of the very, very small, of the subatomic world. And by using a different kind of physics, that allows us to then run a different kind of math and then a different kind of algorithm on top of that and solve problems in an entirely different way to what we do with classical computers. Now, as a practical matter, uh, to this point, technology has all been about binary. It's it's a yes, no. It's a very, and you can put a lot of yes, no's together and that's how you get a computer program where you get a, a circuit and so forth. My understanding is quantum computing, because of the way it, it works, you just have a lot more possible outcomes and as a result, you can, what, process information quicker, capture more nuance. I mean, why, what is it about it that makes it so exciting? Yeah, so I'll, I'll use an analogy here to help explain it. So think of the, the lights in your kitchen. And so when you walk into the kitchen in the morning and you turn the lights on, let's say you've got two light switches uh, to work with. And so on a classical computer, it's a traditional light switch. It's either on or off. And if you've got two light switches, there are four possible combinations. They can both be on, both be off, one on, one off, the other one on, off, uh, etc. So that's in a classical computer. You've got these, these bits to work with. In a quantum computer, think of it instead as having two dimmer switches that are next to each other. And so rather than just having four possible combinations, you've essentially got an infinite number of combinations as you configure those two dimmer switches to uh, get the lighting exactly right uh, in, in your kitchen. And, and so that's why this is so interesting to us. It's a different kind of physics that we're working with at the fundamental level of building these computers that allows us to program more information into the problem that we're trying to solve and then manipulate that information in a different kind of way and extract new answers from that. When I hear that quantum computing is coming about, does that mean that we're gonna end up with 
different types of chips, different types of boxes, or I mean, how is this going to manifest itself? Yeah, so uh, this is a really exciting time for quantum computing because we've now got real chips to work with and, and real hardware to play with. So my company, QBranch, we're a partner in a number of different quantum computing networks, one with IBM, uh, another one with a startup company called Rigetti that we, we just announced. And these companies are building hardware that we can use to program quantum computing applications on top of. And they look really exotic. It looks really cool. There's, if you uh, take a look at some photos of, of quantum computers, they're about the size of an elevator. Uh, it looks like this crazy shrink ray thing inside of it. Um, and then at the bottom of the shrink ray is the, the actual quantum computing chip. The, the whole apparatus uh, around it is cooling systems that chill these chips down to almost absolute zero. Um, uh, and so it's quite an exotic looking device. Uh, but the way that we interact with it as software programmers is quite normal. It's, it's on the cloud. There's a server that we interact with. We send our programs to it. it. It does its calculations and we get the results back from it. So I, I don't think we're going to see quantum computers in our phones anytime soon, but we'll be able to access those quantum computers through the cloud on Amazon, on Google, on, uh, in Microsoft cloud, et cetera. Uh, to be able to solve different kinds of problems uh, with that. Give me an example. I, I've heard encryption is a big one, with, uh, breaking encryption, but what are some of the practical ways that quantum computing is going to change our lives? Yeah, so there are some problems that even with all the computing power we have access to today that are still extremely difficult to solve. Um, they're extremely computationally expensive in that they take a lot of time or take a lot of energy to solve problems. Uh, and so to give you a, a really practical example, uh, think of a, a logistics problem where you're delivering 100 packages around Washington, D.C. this afternoon. What's the optimal route to take to deliver all of those packages? Uh, and that's an extremely challenging computer science problem to go through that. One of the reasons it's challenging is that there's no way to break it up into smaller problems. You, to get the perfect answer, you need to check every possible solution of 100 possible combinations. And then if late in the day you add another package to the truck and all of a sudden there's 101 packages... It, the problem becomes uh, twice as difficult to solve again. It becomes exponentially more difficult. And so these are the kind of problems, the class of problems that quantum computing is really well suited to solving, uh, that we can use that different physics that's operating at the, the base level to encode more information, solve that problem using a different kind of algorithm, uh, and uh, be able to save a lot of time and energy cost in calculating that with uh, classical computers. So people who say that quantum computing really is the next big thing are not exaggerating. Uh, not at all. This is a, a revolution in computer science. Uh, it's giving us an entirely new tool in the toolkit of, of uh, computer science to work with. Uh, and uh, these computers will work in... Uh, in cooperation with classical computers. So we'll, we'll write programs that use the, the, the power of both and, and each computer is, is suited to some problems, uh, uh, to different kinds of problems, but uh, it, it really will give us a, a, a new foundational toolkit to work with. Look, I really appreciate you coming in. Michael, it sounds to me like yet again, here in DC, we're at the head of things we didn't even imagine we were. So thanks for coming in. That's been a pleasure, thank you. Thank you to our sponsor, Tedco. Tedco invests in early stage tech and life science companies. 
It provides resources and connections that companies need to thrive in Maryland. Headco's mission is to discover, invest in, and help build great companies. Learn more at www.headco.md. And a thank you to our sponsor, JLL. JLL is the leading commercial real estate service company within the Washington, D.C. metro area, serving the technology, government contracting, and professional services industries. JLL's strategy-led approach and expert implementation results in cost-effective and flexible real estate solutions that help their clients succeed and grow. Thank you to Speakerbox Communications. Speakerbox is your team for meeting the unique demands of the technology sector, crystallizing complex ideas, targeting highly intelligent buyers, and moving at the speed of tech. Since 1997, they've given voice to many of our industry's top thinkers and performers. Check them out at speakerboxpr.com. And thanks to our sponsor, Tandem Product Academy. If you're looking to grow a software technology business and you're past your first five employees or your first half a million dollars in revenue, their free educational program will teach you how to grow your business. Supported by a broad group of our region's leading business organizations and local governments, Tandem Product Academy is free to participants. Learn more at tandeminnovate.com. Thank you for joining us on What's Working in Washington. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan, online writer Barbara Ulrich, music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. See you next time.